Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a good amount of news and stuff to get to on the football side. We've got a little bit of basketball talk with the red-white scrimmage. We'll also go over the injury and depth chart um, with the recent announcement on Monday. We've got a few notable injuries to take uh, account of as we look forward to Saturday with Purdue. Then in the back half of the show, we'll get into our recap and breakdown of the Army contest. Uh, of course, a Badger W, some takeaways, really a game that flew by, not a ton of things you can take, but still some notable things to, to get into with that contest as the Badgers, of course, pick up a W and look forward to getting back into Big Ten West play. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, yeah. It's kind of been a wild weekend, uh, running on fumes a little bit, but excited to be back and ready to talk about that Army game because... There's a lot that kind of happened on and off the field following that Army game. <laughs> well, that transitions us nicely into our news segment, so why don't we get into that? We'll start with the positive um, on the news. Braylon Allen um, named Big Ten Freshman of the Week with his performance on Saturday. Not really all that surprising. He, you know, there's there's a limited amount of freshmen, you know, making huge roles at, at the Big Ten level right now. But I don't think that anyone is going out there and doing what Braylon Allen is doing. So really impressive performance from him. I know it's a broken record at this point, but still a 17 year old kid and, and seeming to really progress fastly. I mean, we went and we talked about him early in the season hopefully seeing some time to all of a sudden going and being, you know, the top contributor for a team that loves to run the football and really seeming to really grow into a, a really good player before our eyes over the last couple of weeks. Just an, an incredible progression from him. So what did you make of, of him getting that award and, and how nice it is to see that a guy like him who we've raved about and watched for, you know, since early in his, almost his high school career, um, to finally be getting on that big stage and getting some well-deserved recognition. Yeah, I thought I thought you saw him play really well. He made made stuff out of nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you didn't see a lot from the offense in terms of moving the ball, but he had that nice 33-yard touchdown. Looked good. Was able to bounce it outside, and and he continues to show that he's probably the most talented running back that they have on the roster at this point in terms of his ability to make guys miss break some tackles, um, average 6.8 yards a carry. Like, he, he's, he's got the talent. I think that recognition is great for him. And hopefully that continues to just boost his confidence um, because he just continues to play better and better each week. And I think that that's positive for an offense that really needs that, um, needs it to establish a running game, and needs to have a guy that you can turn to and point to and say, yep, that's their best player on the offense. Right now, he's probably their best player on the offense. I know people will say, well, Jake Ferguson, but right now Jake Ferguson doesn't always get the opportunities, whereas Braylon Allen is getting 16 carries a game or so, um, sometimes more, where you can say, yep, that's your, that's your guy that you can, you can easily get the ball to and, and trust and count on to make some plays, and he's, he's lived up to that so far. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, a guy like Jake Ferguson, you hit, you say, hard to, you know, easy to get the ball to. It's much easier right now to get the ball in Braylon Allen's hands than it is to to get it in Jake Ferguson's hands. And there's only a couple ways to do that, and and that's throwing the football. And and right now, we'll talk about that in, a little later in the show. But right now, um, the passing game is still continuing to struggle. But it's nice to, when you're in those situations, have a guy that you can really lean on, a big strong back like that. I mean, Ches Malusi does a lot of good stuff well. 
I think, again, we've talked about it time and time again, these two complement each other really well. You know, one more of a power back, one more of a speed back. But right now you're, you're going to lean on Braylon Allen, and, and hopefully he continues to take those steps forward and, and continue to be a better player um, because he's going to get more and more carries, more and more reliance, and, and hopefully the rest of the offense can – come alive and, and open some things up and, and find some more balance. But right now, you're it's crazy. You know, coming into the season, you didn't expect to be leaning on a kid like this. You expected him to be getting some time and, and maybe show some flashes. But now, all of a sudden, he's the focal point of your offense. So I think that just shows the talent um, that he's got and, and how quickly that, uh, that has came out and, and shown itself as to be a really prevalent spot for the Badgers moving forward. Absolutely. All right, we'll get into the next piece of news. Uh, this one, a little bit more unfortunate, was wide receiver Devin Chandler has announced that he is entering the transfer portal. Um, he talked to The Athletic, and I think the big takeaway from there is he cited, and I quote, we have plenty of receivers in our room who just straight up make plays, and very rarely throughout the game will they be given the opportunities for that. So we've seen a lot of Devin Chandler in the kick return game, have not seen him at all really in the passing game. I mean, again, the passing game hasn't been super prevalent. So the guys that are getting the opportunities are the the, na- the normal names that we're used to seeing, Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor. Uh, of course, seen a lot of Chimray DK, a lot of Jack Dunn, have not seen a lot of Devin Chandler. So I, I suppose when you when you take a deep, take a breath and think about it, it's not all that surprising. I think Devin Chandler is a really talented player that – was hoping to have more opportunities than just being a kick returner, but certainly uh, one for Wisconsin that stings a little bit. He's uh, like it's a very talented player, got a lot of speed, does some different stuff, um, so the Badgers will uh, probably be missing him at some point, but right now we just haven't seen a ton from him to know how big of an impact um, that uh, departure will have. Yeah, and I think the, the bigger thing isn't necessarily this year, but next year. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at the fact that your, your top well, three of your top four listed wide receivers are going to be gone, right? Like they all have hit a point where Jack Dunn isn't going to be back for his ninth season, um, <laughs> luckily. Um, but I, I think you look at this and there's definite frustrations, I think, for the team across the board. I think this kind of points to that more than anything. Um I know 247 also had something, um, a quote out there that was circulated around Twitter that basically he, he had kind of made up his mind after fall camp that he was probably going to transfer. I'm surprised to do it in the middle of the year where you've six, six games in, you can't really go anywhere yet. You have to finish up the semester, otherwise you're not going to be eligible. So that was kind of confusing. Um, but I do think it points to frustration. I think it points to some questioning of, why is he maybe not your fourth wide receiver? <laughs> um, I, I know we've both seen a lot more from him in terms of practices and making some nice catches. I mean, you look at that red-white – or the not red-white scrimmage. We're going to talk about that here in a second. But the the open spring practice and fall practice that happened, and he's made nice plays in both of those mm-hmm. um, acrobatic catches and um, to then see a, a 5-7 walk-on be out there for mostly blocking is, is kind of frustrating. And I, I understand that for, for the kid. And um, I, I hope there is not going to be more players who are um, take this route as seeing kind of some of the frustrations with the offense, the inability to, to really get the passing game going this year, really get anything going on the offense this year um, compared to years past and and uh, but in the end, it's it's whatever in his best interest, and he sees that as in his best interest. So best of luck to him. But I do think it's definitely a blow in terms of next year because I I do think that he was probably um, going to be one of your top three. Um, you know, he would have probably been like a slot guy. Um, and you know, between him, Marcus Allen, and uh, as well as Chimray DK. So I I think that. There is going to be some questions. We'll see if the Badgers can bring um, another wide receiver to kind of fill that hole. I would expect that maybe they try to bring in another wide receiver this class or um, a running back slash wide receiver, somebody that can mm-hmm. give them a little something different. Uh, when you consider the the fact that they've lost two of their better two of their better players off the 2020 class, and and I know you look at the Burger section we talked about that last week and that's more about the kid not holding up his end of the bargain and having some off the field stuff but but this is a kid who had flashed a little bit I mean he he wasn't doing anything 
anything miraculous by any means in the in the return game. Like this isn't something to where it's not um, Aaron Crickshank here, right? Like it's not the same level there. Um, he he got his only return against uh, Army was 14 yards. So, um, but it's it's still frustrating to see young talent leave um, when you are searching for talent to be there next year and for a spark on your offense. Like yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to see. Yep, I, I think that's the the main point that you can really point to and say there's got to be frustration from the fan base there because you know it'd be one thing if the offense was firing on all cylinders and you were having explosive plays from the wide receiver room and, and of course part of that is the other parts of the the offensive um, side of the football the the quarterback play isn't great the offensive line is not held up there end of the deal so yes that part affects the passing game too but. You're not seeing a ton of big plays, a ton of explosive plays, and really a ton of receptions at all. So you would think if a guy like his, him in terms of the talent that we've seen, and maybe there's other situations, maybe in practice he doesn't show it, but like you used to mention, you know, in the limited practices that we were able to see, Devin Chandler was the guy that was in there making plays, and of course we saw that glimpse last year. So it's it's the natural progression would have been to see him in that rotation, and maybe that's just part of college football now where. You know, guys want to play earlier, want to play more in, in an early situ- earlier situation, and if they don't, the transfer portal is an option for them, and if they feel that's their best way to go, that's totally understandable. But I think for Wisconsin's sake, it's a little bit more of a head-scratcher for the Badgers' end because you talk about it, there's there's talent there. They're, they're clearly looking for someone to provide those explosive plays. I'm not saying that Devin Chandler would have stepped in and, and been a, a top target and changed the entire dynamic of the offense, but you really didn't get even, even a glimpse to see if there was an opportunity there where he could be a guy that could do that for you. So I think that part is a little bit head-scratching. I know there was multiple frustrations from various Twitter, you know, Badger Twitter out there, um, and, and rightfully so. I think it's just more of a puzzling uh, announcement that a, a player, a young, talented player, is going to be at a position where, like you mentioned, they're, they're going to be thin next year. Um, it is certainly something that you can understand the, the frustration across the board when a guy like that um, uh, unfortunately leaves the program. For sure. And, I mean, I'll come back to it. Like, you look at it right now, they have four guys who have more than 10 receptions and then a bunch of guys who are kind of in the three through two receptions. Jack Dunn has zero, and Jack Dunn has gotten a hell of a lot of snaps this year. So if he's not giving you something in the passing game, maybe try one of the younger guys who has a probably a high, higher ceiling, and I won't even say high, probably. He has a higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's something that I think if you look at it, based off of his comments, based on things that seems to have rubbed him the wrong way, and I understand that. And so it's it's like like I would be I would be feeling the exact same thing if I was a six foot two kid who could run really fast and, and had made some plays in camp and you see a five foot seven walk on getting those snaps over you. And where he's not getting any receptions either. So frustrating. Um and, and like I said, Jack Dunn is a super nice kid, but it, it is one of those things where that's that is tough um, when when there's kids you know all trying to get out there on the field and um, there's only so many snaps going around. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. So why don't we go ahead? We'll move right into our next piece of news because uh, that one was um, pretty much all buttoned up. I think your comments are exactly what a lot of the fan base is feeling. We'll move into now some basketball talk with the red white scrimmage. Um, went on this past weekend. Um, some standouts, I know, unfortunately, a lot of people were excited to see Chucky Hepburn and Lauren Bowman. They were both held out due to some day-to-day injuries, so I didn't get a big glimpse of them. But I think some, some things stood out. I know um, a lot of the bigs, the forwards, some guys really looked good. Jonathan Davis looked uh, explosive, which isn't a, a big surprise. But uh, what were your kind of takeaways from the red-white scrimmage from this past weekend? Yeah, I think I think it's hard to take too much from a scrimmage like this. Um, just because you're you're going, you know, team on team here, but it, it it was good to hear some of the things about the bigs, like you mentioned. I I do think that not having those two guards, that I think that was really what this team needs is some clarity at at the the one guard, and that wasn't kind of provided here, right? Like I think one thing that does flash is that um, Jacoby Neath is probably not going to be the shooter that um, 
you need at your point guard spot. It is a late game um, guy. So I think that even though Hepburn didn't play, I think it points towards Hepburn being the guy even more so. Um, and so I think that's one of the takeaways for me at least um, from that. And um, we'll, we'll see what this team is. Um, I, I think that's the, the big thing. I think you also look at it, and I do think that your your younger bigs like Stephen Crowell, Van Carlson are probably going to play a little bit more than the transfer vote um, as well. Uh, he, he's a little stiff. He's, he's got some size, can help you out on defense, but pretty limited offensively. Um, so I'm interested to see where the a lot of the scoring is going to come from other than um, Johnny Davis and Brad Davison. Um, and I, I do think that this is – it was a really nice thing that Brad Davison did come back. Um, I know a, big, a lot of Big Ten fans are probably not happy about that, but I do think that he's going to bring some st- stability and, and help this team when, when they need some, um, some guidance. So I think overall, tough to take too much from this. Um, right, like the, you don't want to look at a scrimmage and be like, oh my gosh, all these different things. Um, but overall, I do think that it leads towards Hepburn's probably your guy at point guard, and he didn't even play. <laughs> that would be my one thing that I would take from it. Yeah, it seems like he's almost cemented into that role, which will be exciting to see. You know, a young, talented player again that we followed um, for a long time through his recruiting to be in that rotation, but for him not to be out there was, you know. Not not a disappointment. You wanted him to be healthy. It's just a scrimmage, and you wanted to, of course, get your first glimpse at a player like that. But I think it, from the sounds of it, you'll have plenty of opportunities to see him very soon. Um, yeah, the rest of the takeaways, yeah, you, like you mentioned, I, I think you can't take anything too much away in terms of positives. I think the the big thing is it didn't seem like there was a ton of negatives that stood out. There was nothing that all of a sudden people saw and went, oh, my God, this is going to be a problem. And, and some problems will certainly pop up with this team. This isn't going to be a perfect team by any means. But I think there was no major negative standouts, no injuries, nothing like that. So moving forward, again, you know, I know I've said it a couple times, but I'm a little, I'm getting more excited to see what this team can bring. Some of these young bigs, these young guards, you know, that fresh influx uh, of talent and that, that youth movement will be a lot of fun to pay attention to. But um, the other other thing that it sounds like the, the Badgers played a little bit more up-tempo. Now that's, again, that's just a scrimmage, but when you're going against guys that you're familiar with, that was a, an interesting little added layer. But again, nothing, nothing too crazy to take from um, this team, and uh, we'll see how they progress. But uh, excited to see what this group could bring uh, to the court as basketball season gets around the corner. I know the NBA is, of course, tipping off tonight, and college basketball will be here before we know it. Yeah, it's it's definitely coming quick. Um, do we want to jump into the depth chart and injury report here for the Purdue week because that game just got a lot more interesting. Yeah, that game is, is certainly a big one now with the Big Ten West um, certainly almost kind of wide open for really anybody but the Illinois and Nebraska's of the world to, to try and take the reins, and this game will go a long ways in deciding that with Purdue and Wisconsin still somehow in the mix as they move forward here. But, yeah, in terms of the injury report for this week, questionable are Logan Bruss, tight end Clay Cundiff, Mike Mascalunas, at inside linebacker, outside linebacker Spencer Lytle, and, of course, Jack Eschenbach is the big um, new player that will be out. So, And, of course, we haven't – I don't believe we talked last time. Isaac Rendo out for the season with a leg injury. I don't think we've touched on that on the show, so – some big guys that are, are going to be questionable, some important players out, and, of course, Grendo, while we've seen him in, in limited capacity, and, of course, Braylon Allen will help take on some of that role now as the, you know, you're kind of your one-two punch with Chesma Lucy regardless. Um, still a tough blow for a kid like that that everyone's been excited for. Just this injury bug continues to pop up for him. So what did you uh, take from the depth chart and um, the injury report for this week? Yeah, Braylon Allen's now the number two back, you know, definitively with – with Garendo out, you you got to feel for Garendo, man. Mm-hmm. Like, just it, it's been that hamstring. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the exact same thing. Um, he had surgery here recently, so he's down for the season. Deron Harrell, <laughs> like, it's just kind of funny at this point. Uh, he's he's just been out. Mm-hmm. He's been on the team for forever, but hasn't really played the past few years. Um, but he's out for the season as well. Hopefully everything will go well for him. But but I think the the loss of Jack Eschenbach is, is a per, fairly big one. Um, and Aaron Witt, like, where has he been? He's been out for this whole time. I, I think at this point you got to wonder if he's going to come back this year. Same with Jordan Turner. They've just been out for so long now. Um, and 
Hopefully you get a guy like Logan Bruss back, Clay Cundiff, um, I think would also really help this team out, Spencer Lytle. So I think you're looking at some some fairly big injuries there that I think it would be really nice to have back for Purdue. Spencer Lytle, with, with given the way that Purdue runs their offense, having a kid who can play in space at that outside linebacker position would be nice to have. Um, and then Cundiff, with, with Ashenbach out, Cundiff was kind of emerging. Um, so hopefully he can get, get back and help this team out because I do think he is – probably your second best pass catcher in the tight end room behind Ferguson. And, um, you know, Cam Large has seen a little bit more playing time. Hayden Rucci has seen a little bit more playing time, but we haven't really necessarily seen them get any targets. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they even brought um, Cormac Sampson in, in to play a little bit of, of tight end at number 46, which was kind of funny. To, mm-hmm. you, I laugh every time I see that they switch numbers like that, and you've got a, a big hog molly throwing on a – a, a receiving number. Um, so overall, I think they're in a good spot, but I do think given what Purdue has, getting Logan Bruss back would be would be nice. I know he struggled this year, but he's been your starter most likely for a reason for a while. Yeah, I think all of these injuries are, are significant ones that you're going to want for Saturday if you can get them healthy. Um, you know, especially you know, of course, with Jack Eschenbach out. You would like to certainly be able to rely on Clay Cundiff, and hopefully he can progress his way back. As you mentioned with Bruss, that Purdue front seven, you know, we're not used to talking about when you talk Purdue, a strong defense, but we'll get into our episode later in the week. This group is pretty good. Um, of course, Karloftis uh, up front is, is a big problem for a lot of teams, so having your offensive line ready to go and buttoned up would certainly be, uh, you know, something as you move forward here. Mike Mascalunas, always a good guy to, to have. You never know when injuries are going to pop up, so hopefully he can be a go. Uh, and then Spencer Lytle, you mentioned it. You know, Purdue likes to throw the ball short in space, so a guy like him who at the outside linebacker position can cover a little bit would certainly be something where you could see him worked into a little bit more of the rotation this week if he is able to go. So certainly some injuries that will be notable to, to pay attention to. Hopefully you can get – you know, a couple of these guys back and, and ready to go for Saturday because this will be a huge contest and you want to have all hands on deck because the winner of this game, like we, we said a little bit ago, a winner here can kind of take not, not the reins, but take another step toward controlling their own destiny in, in the Big Ten West. Both teams could really benefit from this victory and the loser likely gets you know knocked out of contention for that division as they move forward here. So a lot of a lot of big wrinkles that will be added to this Purdue game after their upset win over Iowa. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that, why don't we go ahead? We'll get our ad reads out of the way, and then we'll get into our recap of Army. So stick with us, guys. We'll be back with you shortly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into this Army contest. Uh, of course, a game really, I mean, we, we knew it was going to be a quick game. It probably, that game probably would have been over with an hour and a half if there weren't so many dang uh, TV team out, timeouts with the Big Ten Network. Um, a lot of running, Wisconsin. I think we can start offensively with where they were at. We've talked about Braylon Allen. He was great. Um, the running game did just enough with those, him and Chaz Malusi, to get them a victory. Um, passing game we can maybe talk about um, in its own capacity. A little bit of a struggle there once again, but at this point, not really all that surprising. I mean, this is kind of where the offense is. You're hoping for more, but I'm not going to sit here and hold my breath every week that we're going to see more from the passing game. It just kind of seems like that's where they're at. I know that's frustrating for a lot of the fans that are wondering, you know, about the play calling and the explosiveness of the, this offense. But, you know, we're getting into – we're getting close to November here, folks. So I think we know kind of what this offense is going to bring. You can sit here and hope for more, but I don't think you necessarily want to hold your breath because I think right now, as we move forward, maybe that will change with Braylon Allen getting a little bit more focused. But right now, this is kind of where the offense is at. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> You're right. Like, like it just kind of gotten to there. Um, and and I think that knowing that 
I, I know personally I, I've come to terms with that and, you know, for better or worse, and I hope that they, you know, make some nice giant strides over the next mm-hmm. six games. But at the same time, I, I, I look at it as, yeah, this is what it is. There is these inconsistencies have become consistencies and um, they need to fix things in the off season. It's not going to be something that's going to be most likely remedied right now or, um, uh, or against Purdue all of a sudden magically. It could, but I, I just don't see it. Um, instead, you, we're, let's let's dive into this. Braylon Allen we talked about already um, for a while. I thought he did some nice things. I, I just I continue to come back to, though, that the running game just isn't great. Like, it's not dynamic to a point where you would hope the Wisconsin offense to be. The run game to be the offensive line isn't necessarily getting the push that you need. The Army has a good defense against the run. They have been all year long. They came into it one of the tops in the in the country for a reason. But you look at the size differential, and you would have hoped that the Wisconsin offensive line could have gotten a little bit more movement. I mean, Braylon Allen's longest run, that 33-yarder, and it came off of a broken play. Like, you looked at it. He basically ran into the line, saw daylight to the left, and and ran for it, which was great. Like, that was a nice adjustment for him. I don't necessarily think that we would have seen a touchdown there from any of the other backs that the Badgers have because – it seems like they put their head down and they're like, I'm just going to try to keep going. Um, so so good on Braylon Allen to be able to see the daylight and run towards it. Um, but I do think that that is concerning, um, that that's what it takes for them to get that 33-yard play. We haven't necessarily seen those those big plays that they – that we need, that the Badgers need. Um, they had on a 36-yard pass, which was nice to see. But Braylon Allen, that you know, making lemonade out of lemons there. Um, Ches Musia thought ran pretty well as well um, when he had some space. Um, both of those two did some good, nice things. Graham Mertz, that, that bootleg, he did a couple nice things on, on the run. It seems like that was an adjustment that they made was, okay, you're not seeing anything you know, take off and run. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's something we needed, need more of in the offense, right? Like he's not like all of a sudden going to be a dual threat quarterback um, by any stretch of the imagination and knowing what they have behind them, you're, you're not in a good space if he gets hurt. So hopefully they can keep him clean if he is going to be running a little bit more and he can make um, good decisions about when to get down. But, but yeah, I mean, overall the running game, not a whole lot to take from it to, in terms of, you know, straight, you know, rainbows here. But overall, they did fine. They did enough to win. Um, and, and really, I, I, I think this team is, is winning despite their offense. And they really are. Um, yeah. And so I, I think there's not much more we can make out of the running game until we see a drastic improvement from them. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the point that you brought up with, the Army defensive line and in in their size, you know, Wisconsin teams of old. Well, and you do have to give credit to to Army. I mean, coming into that game, I didn't think their defense was as good as the numbers indicated because they hadn't played a, a ton of talented teams, a ton of talented rushing offenses. So I expected, you know, Wisconsin offenses of old would have went there and said, you know what, these guys are undersized. We've got you know big five guys up front. We've got backs that we can rely on, and we're just going to go and, and ground it pound it and, and lean on these defenders and, and bust the big plays. And, and really that wasn't the case. You mentioned it. The one the one big play in the run game was a, a play that was stuffed and it was a beautiful read by Braylon Allen to get out there and and burst away and, and, and score a touchdown. But it wasn't something that you can rely on. You know, you don't want to be relying on broken plays to get you points because generally they're going to get stuffed up. And, and it was just a, a stroke of luck that he saw that and, and got out there and then made that play. So I think that's the concerning part is, once again, you know, the, the holes just aren't really there. I, I credit to Braylon Allen for, for making a lot and, and Chesma Lucy for – making some runs a little bit better and, and getting through some holes and, and busting some plays. But right now, I think right now you're just not seeing the offensive line really dominate the way you want to. And, and that's nothing new. That's been all season long. This offensive line is not the same of, of years past. And until that gets figured out, you're going to have some issues in the run game. The passing game, you can't you can't sit here and blame it all on the offensive line. The quarterback play needs to be better, but there's certainly been some times where some throws are rushed. And, and you know, Paul Christen's press yesterday talked about rhythm, trying to get Graham Mertz in a rhythm. 
when you've got some pressure and you you have to look to one read really quickly, you know the the rhythm can be thrown off. So it's a collective effort. It's not just one segment of the offense that's leading to the struggle. I think everybody needs to be better. But and at this point, we're halfway through the season, so some of these improvements as you get back into Big Ten West play, maybe they're just trying to win this Army game and and get through it as, since it's a weird non-conference game late in the season, and, and now they can refocus to get the Big Ten West play. But let's hope that that's the case because they're going to need to refocus quickly and get some of these things going because now you're taking on a good Purdue team with a very good offense and uh, a defense that is much improved from Purdue teams of old. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I think – you look at it, offensive line needs to be better, quarterback needs to be better, so I guess that's a good time to talk about the passing game because <laughs> I, I think the the running game is doing what they can based mm-hmm. off of what they've given. Um, I honestly think that Braylon Allen gives them a little bit more in the running game because I he doesn't go with down with those those arm tackles. Mm-hmm. Right? He breaks through it, can get a little extra, those extra three yards that he can get falling forward because of his size, because of his strength. Um, and honestly, I think he's just as fast as the other backs. I mean, other than Garendo, who's no longer available, I think he's just as fast as them. Like, I don't see a huge thing where all of a sudden Chez is, like, that much faster than him. He's a little quicker, but... But the ability to break those arm tackles is something that I think Braylon Allen gives them that helps this offensive line a little bit, makes them look a little bit better. But passing game is still not there. It's just still a work in progress. And I keep coming back to I, – you remember Aberdare's days where it was like they had one guy and you knew where the ball was going to? And it, it was somewhat like that last uh, – two years ago with, with Cephas. Like, really, there was one guy. They don't necessarily have that this year. And I almost think they need that because it's, it seems like Mertz is going into the game and, and this is my guy I'm going to try to get it to. And – um, we saw Danny Davis get involved a little bit more, um, Jake Ferguson get involved a little bit more, but then from there, there was nothing. Like eight eight receptions across the board here, Kendrick Pryor getting one touch, Tim Ray DK getting one touch, and and a whole lot of nothing. Like it's 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 wild to see that Army had just as many guys get catch a reception as the Badgers. And there's just not a lot of, you know, spice and flavor going on with the passing game whatsoever. No, no, not at all. I mean, you look at it, I mean, 8 for 15 is just – and against an Army team that, you know, I, I kind of said it in last week, generally the secondaries of some of these triple option teams aren't as, as great because they go against triple option in practice. They don't go against the pass as much. So – you would have hoped maybe maybe if there were some glimpses to get this this passing offense right, this would maybe be the game, and and that was not the case. I mean, eight for fifteen really was just trying to keep it as sheltered as possible, hit some throws that you felt like you could, and and then just try to keep things some things moving um, enough offensively to to put points on the board. So I think that part was the the kind of turning spot. I mean, all these guys are. Like you mentioned, if they had a go-to guy, they they want to try and get the ball. I think all three, you know, Pryor, Davis, Ferguson, work really well off of each other and can maybe get each other open. But right now, if the quarterback isn't able to make those reads and get the ball and it's just doing that one read, you know, predetermined, like you're playing Madden, I'm going to throw it to this guy. If it's not there, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Until that changes and he gets to progressing through some of these reads and finding the open of the three versus just trying to force it to one of them, I think you're continuing to see these struggles. And I, I think that part is also reflects on some of the play calling. I mean, right now, if you just don't feel confident to put some of these other wrinkles in the passing game um, because you're not getting the base stuff down, that's something that uh, is certainly going to hamper your offense as you move forward here. But uh, again, it's the halfway point, and at this point we've seen that passing offense. Other than that, those couple drives against Michigan, this has been the passing offense of all, all, all season long, and until until we are proven otherwise, that's what I'm kind of going into each game expecting, and, and hopefully the defense and the limited amount of run game can, can find a way to win because you can't go into a game saying, yeah, we're going we're gonna to throw the ball on this team and, and move the ball that way because it's just – it's not happening, and it has not happened um, outside of a couple nice drives um, from the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, and and you look at it, and Army has like I guess two guys that I would look at it and say, yeah, those are those are really solid players that would probably be 
putting up a fight to be playing t- for playing time with the Badgers. Um, Broughton, their safety was really good. Andre Carter, I thought he might have been the best player on the field um, in, in the mm-hmm. trenches between Wisconsin's offensive line and their um, front seven. I thought he was probably the kid that you looked at and said, yeah, that's the NFL guy, um, which is scary when you consider that Wisconsin um, should be the team that has that. Um, but he had the block punt. He had a, that forced fumble, um, had a, the sack, couple tackles for loss, and he's, you know, 6'7", 255. We talked about him coming into it. But the offensive line still kind of struggled in pass pro from time to time and didn't give Mertz um, great opportunities. But when there was time, there was some missed chances. I just – I keep coming back to where are the easy throws um, to, to help to help this team out to get – Get your playmakers the ball. I mean, this kind of goes back to what Devin Chandler was saying about why isn't why is Tim Radike, why are Kendrick Pryor getting one touch? Why aren't they trying to get them involved in other ways um, that aren't necessarily just that? And I know that Kendrick Pryor had the the negative three um, on the one jet sweep that they did, which is you know once again not great for the offensive line, but. But where are the now routes? Where are the where are the bubble screen quick to get out? When you see a guy playing ten yards off, why aren't you just flipping that out there? Like that that's the easy throw. We saw them do a sprint out and they and they got a nice ten yard gain out of it. Um, so I want to see more of that. Like where are those quick now routes that it's it's not even mm-hmm. it's not even something that you have to call. It's just. That's that's an audible. I mean, we had that in high school at a run-heavy team, and in, in, so if we could do it, they can clearly do it. So where is that hot route to be able to put that in and say, okay, guys, ten yards off, let's let's you know let's put that hot route in and and let's get the extra six yards that they're just gift wrapping you and put some pressure on the outside instead of making it so that everybody can just clog up everything in the inside and say, well, you're going to have to to try to beat us. Um, over the top. And so try to get the ball outside a little bit more and let these playmakers make a play because we saw Danny Davis, when they threw the ball deep and gave him a shot to it, he made a hell of a catch and was able to come down with it. So I agree. These guys need to get more touches and you need to find more creative ways to do it because this offense is just so bland and vanilla um, right now. And, and I know that that's, you know, because of some of the line, the the quarterback, play like it doesn't give you a lot to work with but but there needs to be some some things to make changes to to make a difference because army made changes in mid-game that affected wisconsin was you just don't see the the adjustments being made right now with this offense and that's concerning to me because there are plays out there that they leave on the field that you look at it and it's like yep that's 10 yards if you Rodgers throws it right to Devontae Adams that second. And, you know, obviously a totally different sport almost, the NFL versus college football at times. But it's there, and it needs to just it's, – it's so easy to make that throw and get your five yards at least. Yeah, I mean, look at you, – you'll, you'll definitely see that this upcoming weekend from the opponent. I mean, you look at a team like Purdue. I was looking at some stats the other day, Aiden O'Connell. In terms of his average completions, like four-point-something yards. I mean, it's just quick throws getting it to a player like David Bell, we'll talk about at ad, ad, ad nauseum later in the week. But Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's stressful. Yeah, exactly, right? That, that's going to be one that uh, will keep keep Paul Chris and uh, Jim Leonard up at night for sure as we move forward for him. But it's it's very similar to that. I mean, just quick throws. Now, Wisconsin, I, I would argue, yeah, they've got a David Bell that they can get the ball to. But I, I think Kendrick Pryor, maybe not, and, and Danny Davis, maybe aren't on that exact level, but you can also find some wrinkles to get them those quick throws to allow them to make a play. Even a, a quick quick passes to Jake Ferguson. Now they've tried those a little bit more, but it, it just, even when they do, it, it seems like it's a pain for them to even call something like that or get to that type of play. So um, offensively, I, I do agree. I think that's something that you could certainly look for in this group, and you hope to see it. And But once again, until we see some of these adjustments Um, made from the play calling, from the passing game, it's hard to really um, expect that. And you just kind of hope and pray that this is the week that we'll see more from the passing game as you move forward. But uh, until proven otherwise, we'll probably have to expect to see a a struggle and just kind of a hold on for dear life type of mentality from this offense. Yep. 
100%. All right, well, why don't let's, we go let's ahead get and, to some of the yeah. good, better stuff over on the uh, – I almost said gooder um, – some of the better stuff uh, on the other side of the ball. Yeah, let's rave about this defense a little bit. The, that group looked really good. Uh, of course, headlined by Leo Chennault, 17 tackles. Jack Sanborn had a great game. Um, Scott Nelson had a really good game. I think he was the, the one – I mean, we, we both went into the game. We talked about it last week. We expected Sanborn and Chennault – to just eat. I don't know if I expected, you know, I think the over-under for tackles for Chanel, I'd probably put it like 12 or 13, so to see him get up to 17, all of a sudden, I mean, he was just, there was nothing Army could do. They they, they made some adjustments to try and stop him, but he was a kid that was just in there. Jack Stanborn, again, played really well. Nelson, I think coming down um, from the safety spot was, was really good and, and shows that he can help in the run game, which is huge. We've seen that from him in his career already. Um, there's some other guys. CJ Gatz looked pretty good in in his time there. So overall, we can just rant and rave about the defense, the linebackers, the defensive line. Once again, all of them looked really solid, and um, and yeah, just keep keeps this team in a game week in and week out. Yeah, I, I mean they won them that game. Mm-hmm. I would even say just because you look at it and they lose that game if they don't get that that forced fumble that Leo Chanel created um, and that then Keanu Benton recovered. Like, I, I thought that was the game. Really, you look at the second half, Wisconsin couldn't do anything on offensively. Um, that I mean, that third quarter was a snooze fest. And um, Leo Chanel just kind of made that play, gave them an opportunity in really short field, and they took advantage. But I, I thought the game plan by Jim Leonard was Really, really sound. I, I thought that was maybe the difference in the game in a lot of ways as well, was he put his players in a really great position to win this game. Um, you know, he had he had Chanel just shooting the A-gap and knifing through every time and just drilling the quarterback. That was his read. It was He, he was taking advantage of Army splits, cutting through, and, and just going after the quarterback every single time. Um, he wasn't worried about anybody else because he knew. I mean, Army does rely on their quarterback to run a lot. And if you have Keanu Benton in the middle, you have another guy like Jack Sanborn, you you know that, hey, if they are going to be able to stop the fullback, I, I can just totally focus on the quarterback. And he took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. I, I I was really impressed. Leo was, was timing the snap. He had everything going. I mean, it took Army a while to figure out that, hey, maybe we should use a different snap count. But um, I, I thought Chanel was really impressive. But but for Leonard to, to kind of make that adjustment and bring the, pop down C.J. Getz as the defensive end and have him be able to crash down towards the fullback as well. I thought that was a really nice read. I thought C.J. Getz was like your under-radar, mm-hmm. under-the-radar oh, type kid that like really made a hell of a play. The first quarter he had, I think, three or four tackles right away and, and really set a nice tone. One and a half tackles for loss. He played really well. And um, that hit by Herbig on, on the quarterback mm-hmm. was, you know, when they did try to counter option, he – freaking drilled him into next year. Um, I, I was really impressed by this defense in the front seven. They did what we thought they would do in terms of not being able to allow them to really run the ball too much. Army got theirs, um, but the p- pass defense was bad. It, it just was. Um, with with that long of 36 there late in the game, I was – I mean, I know that it was against, uh, you know, a guy who's a little farther down on the depth chart at safety, but it's it's harder to see – um, that they're able to kind of make those plays over the top against the Wisconsin defense. That's concerning. Um, but overall, I think in general, they had a nice scheme. They did some nice things specifically for the first um, two and a half quarters. I thought this defense was absolutely dominant. Yeah, they were lights out. Um, and, and really, all the guys that you mentioned were were the big reason for that. I mean, the front seven, once again, just continues to show that you know, even and I thought this would be a really good test for them. I mean, it's just a different thing. You're not used to seeing. You're, you're generally not blitzing. You, you're all you're playing all time at football. So I think this is a really good test for this defense that just showed, hey, yeah, we're as good as we've looked. The you know, it doesn't matter if you run the triple option. Doesn't matter if you run the spread, the pro, whatever you want to come bring at this front seven. It's it's likely going to be shut down in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I I'm glad that you mentioned the the secondary. I think some of those were just head-scratching plays. I mean, late in the game when, you know, it's you know that this team, like Army, is not built to come from behind. When, you know, they want to be ahead, use the triple option to run the clock out. When they're behind, they eventually have to go to the pass, and you kind of knew eventually that was going to come, and they still were able to hit some big plays there. So that was certainly a little frustrating, and we'll need to get cleaned up. 
because you now all of a sudden it, it's going to be a weird transition to go from focusing in assignment football, you know they're going to run the ball with a lot of different wrinkles, to all of a sudden a team that does not run the ball at all and is throwing it all over the field with a lot of different wrinkles with you know David Bell, three quarterbacks, all sorts of stuff. Um, so that's going to be a an interesting wrinkle to watch as this team moves forward. But I think you feel good about the front seven. Now all of a sudden you just need to see some more from the secondary in terms of the pass coverage because getting hit for big plays against the pass isn't anything new. Uh, we saw that this season with Jahan Dotson. We saw it with Michigan get some big plays and, and get loose. So I think that's the one area while you talk about how good this defense is where you can start to, again, you're halfway through the season now. Now you can start to really have I don't want to say as big of it's nowhere as big of a concern as the offensive side of the ball, but it still is a little bit where that secondary getting hit for some of these plays is um, a little bit concerning as you move forward back into Big Ten play. And they're not going to take on a ton of great offenses the rest of the way in terms of passing, but you're going to get one this week against Purdue. Yeah, well, you're going to have a playmaker on the outside that you got to account for, and that's and that's the biggest thing. So, but I, I also want to give credit to to Army in their second half adjustments. I, I thought that was something that really jumped out. Jeff Munkin's been doing this for a while, right? Like whether he was at South Alabama or whether it's you know now at Army, there's a reason that they win a ton of football games, um, and, and it's because they're really well coached. I thought they're you look at it, and Wisconsin started really just flowing to the ball fast and, and did it, some nice things with getting to it. You know, Leo Chanel just getting in there. And, um, like, Wisconsin was just trying to, you know, do those A-gap blitz right away, um, taking advantage of Army splits. And so what they did was they went to the counter option and, and where um, you're, you're fake one way and then pop go the other way. And that's that first touchdown drive they put together was – that's all they did. I mean, they just – Every one of their big plays was off of the counter option where they're turning back the other way, and and then you're either pitching it or keeping it, and they got some nice runs out of that, and that was a really nice adjustment by them. I thought I thought that was something that really swung the game a little bit. Wisconsin was kind of put on their heels because that was something completely different than what um, they had seen throughout the game. Um, it was a little late for them to, to do it, but at the same time, I think the biggest thing is – Wisconsin was able to get the W. I, I still worry about the offense, but this was a game where the defense picked them up even more so than normal because of that turnover and, and won them the game. And and I think that was a big takeaway for me as you saw the defense make the gigantic play that was needed to, to put away the game, and, and that was exciting to see. Yeah, I think to, to kind of start to wrap it up here with, with this team and this win, like you mentioned, it was a win that they just they went in there, they got it done, they did enough to win the game. There were certainly concerns that you could take offensively, a little bit defensively with the secondary, but they got that victory. You know, some things happened outside, you know, with Purdue knocking off Iowa. It's all of a sudden the door's wide open for, for this team. I'm not going to sit here and say I expect them to go out and win the Big Ten West, but they have an opportunity in front of them. If they can continue to find win, find ways to win games, you know, in whatever ugly fashion they want to, they've got themselves a shot, and that will start, of course, this week with Purdue. Um, the other concerns maybe a little bit, you know, a missed PAT, that's something you, you don't want. The, the late game not going for two, I know some people yeah. were kind of scratching their head about that. That was just didn't make any sense, any sense whatsoever. I mean, I, it's not really like an analytics Twitter or anything like that. It's just like basic, basic math. math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. But mm. <laughs> at this point, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. If you've ever listened to, um, and I know you have, Paul Chris press conferences on Monday, there's always something. Um that you left, you leave there scratching your head at what he was trying to say. I think that was one where he was talking about it, and you're just sitting there going, "That, that you know, I, I, I see your mouth moving, and I see words coming out of it. I'm not getting what you're saying." Um, so that wasn't great, but uh, again, this this group found a way to win, and and right now wins are better than losses, and you hope that some of these other outside issues can improve because if they don't, you're likely not going to be talking about victor about victories too much longer. Yeah, I mean, let's when you boil this game down, Wisconsin still had to pull out a lot of different things. They had to get a late defensive play to put them down at about the five-yard line in the second half because the offense was absolutely anemic in the second half. And you had to break out a fake punt to get one of your scores. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, the two-point 
Oh my god! Like <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, just, it just doesn't make sense. Um, there's no if ands, or buts about it. You got to go for two there um, every single time. Every every coach will tell you that. Um, and um, I mean, I'll go back to the Michigan game. Jim Harbaugh when they were they were going for for they went and scored their third touchdown to be up. At that point, they were up um, 19 on the Badgers, and they went for two. Just like just because you know it, that's not even analytics. It's hey, let's make this right now. It's already a three score game. We can make it uh, three scores where they have to get three touchdowns. If we make if we're able to convert here, it made no sense not to go for the two. And and that was really a that was frustrating to see in a lot of ways for me because I, there's there's no reason to take the points there. There's just it's one point when you could get the two, make it a two touchdown game either way they were going to need to score two touchdowns otherwise so you give yourself a shot to to at least go into overtime if they were to come back so I I don't I don't get it I will not get it um and um I hope that a decision like that doesn't come back to bite them later on because they're still there's halfway through this season there's mm-hmm. if in if they make it to a bowl game as well there'll be extra games so They've they've got to clean up some of those things, and um, that that comes down to coaching, but it also comes down to players making plays. Braylon Allen made a play, Leo Chanel made a play um, that really swung that game. And if those two don't make those individual efforts, it's who knows what that game looks like because it wasn't pretty in the second half. It was not pretty whatsoever, and I think that's a, a good way to wrap this one up as we um, you know, put a bow on this. A win's a win, time. though, man. Yep, a win's exactly. a win. <laughs> find, find ways to win right now despite the, the challenges. You know, that's, that's all you can ask for in that contest. Um, you can ask for more. You probably won't, <laughs> probably won't get it, but we'll see what else this team can bring as we move forward into, you know, past the halfway season, now into Big Ten West play, which at the end of the day, opportunities are still somehow in front of this team to to make that jump and uh, put themselves in a position to possibly win a Big Ten West title. And that starts with, of course, a huge contest against Purdue on Saturday. We will, of course, get into that game later in the week. But as for this episode, thank you guys for always listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back with you later in the week on Wisconsin. Thank you.